testing, testing. This is Emma, the sad asshole, talking to herself because she can't sleep. Oh God, every time I close my eyes to sleep, my brain starts firing on all cylinders and there's nobody here for me to talk to. So I guess I might as well talk to you, my invisible friend. But you're alone too, right? Or at least you feel a little bit alone? I mean, you wouldn't have signed up for this weird service if you didn't, which means we're in this together, I guess. Sort of comforting. Oh, it started raining. Can you hear that? Oh, that's great. Maybe a rainy lullaby will help me sleep. Which, when I think about it, is kind of funny because when I was super young, I used to be terrified of night storms. I would lay in bed, flinching with every smack of lightning and thunder, squeezing pillows around my ears to muffle the sound. And if I couldn't handle the terror alone, I would get out of bed and make my way down the dark hallway to my parents' bedroom and slowly push the heavy door open, tiptoe to my mom's side of the bed and whisper, Mama, which is so effing creepy. <laughs> and if she didn't immediately wake up, I would progressively get louder and louder. I'd be like, Mama, Mama, until she finally <gasps> woke up and then she would let me into their bed. And then lying between my parents, I would try and be as still and small as possible because I felt guilty for disturbing their sleep. But in order to actually feel comforted, I had to touch one of them because I guess I needed physical proof that I wasn't alone in the storm anymore. So I would take my leg and slide it across as slowly as possible. That big toe just reaching for contact with skin. Like my mom's calf or something. Or if I was laying on my side, I would push my butt out. Just back it up into one of them. <laughs> I'm alone in bed every night, and no matter how far my toe reaches, it won't touch anybody. Which, to be honest, that's kind of one of the better parts about being alone. You get the bed to yourself. I mean, I'm pretty tall, so being able to stretch out like a starfish in bed is a true luxury. Oh, or you know, you know how... Um, You'll roll over and stretch in a new way, and then you'll find this like little pocket of cool sheets, like the cold spots in a lake. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah, I mean, you're also in complete control of temperature when you're alone, of the level of noise. You can eat in bed. You can eat all the things that make you gassy and just fart with abandon in bed. Just feast on cheese and broccoli and blow it up. I mean, you're basically free to be whatever monster version of yourself you have to cage when you share a space with someone else. Because nobody's watching. 
Well, except the Russians. You know what? Fuck it. I think I'm going to get back in bed and get comfortable. And why don't you get in bed too? I mean, you don't have to get in bed if you don't want to, but I think it'd be nice. And I mean, either way, I'm going to pretend that you're in bed so I feel less alone. And you can just do whatever you want. Because in my mind, you're in bed. But it really would be more fun if you joined me. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff. You probably think I'm going to start masturbating or something. But I promise you I'm not. Nothing makes me feel lonelier than masturbating. And nobody wants to feel lonely during a worldwide crisis. To be totally honest, the only thing that I really miss about sleeping with someone else is laying my head on their shoulder. I guess it's just like rainy nights when I was little. I have this desire for human contact, for touch. I actually have this way of positioning my pillows so it feels like there's someone next to me I can rest my head against. Here, you can try it. Um, get two pillows, the one that you're laying on and then the one that's next to you, right? And you pull the one next to you a little bit closer so that it overlaps your shoulder. And then you just let your head fall over. Nice, yeah? Hmm. I developed this move in middle school. I do it to lull myself to sleep. And I would play these fantasies out in my head that all revolved around resting on someone's shoulder. Because, like I said, I'm tall. I'm 6'1", to be exact. And you know who's short? Middle school boys. So... Needless to say, I was not the most desired 12-year-old, and I obsessed over the lack of romance in my life. Do you remember how couples used to slow dance back when we were still young enough to call it slow dancing? Where I grew up, you could tell a couple was really in love if the girl laid her head on her boyfriend's shoulder while they swayed back and forth. And... As an awkward, tall preteen with zero romantic prospects, I made laying my head on a boy's shoulder while we slow danced my white whale. It was every single thing I felt I didn't have wrapped up in a single gesture. So every night in bed, lying in the same position that we're in now, I would play my favorite boy band ballad and then in my mind go through some version of the following fantasy I'm at a middle school dance sitting alone on the gymnasium bleachers when a crush shyly approaches me and asks me to dance we're, we're friends. I always had unrequited crushes on my guy friends, so I assume this is 
just your standard platonic dance with my hands on his shoulders, his hands on my hips, and both our arms fucking stick straight. But while we're dancing, he looks at me and something in his eyes change and he says he has a secret to tell me that he can't keep to himself anymore. And then he tells me that the truth is he's in love with me. And he couldn't tell me before now because he was so afraid that it would ruin our friendship and we'd lose each other. But now he can't hold back his emotions any longer. He has to let me know that he can't live without me. And then we, we kiss long and hard and afterwards my head drifts down to his shoulder and my life is perfect. I'd play this out over and over again in my head until I timed everything perfectly, hitting the kiss right at the song's climax, usually a key change. And then eventually in doing this, I'd fall asleep with my pillow boyfriend by my side. I can't help but wonder when I'm going to feel touch again. Do you think if I hug myself and you hug yourself at the same time that we'd release those stress relief hormones you get from human touch? Oh God, I'm squeezing your arms and your head is on my shoulder. <sighs> or how about drag your fingertips lightly across your forearm, just barely touching it. It almost feels like the fingers belong to someone else, yeah. <sighs> God, but it's not what I want. I want a stronger touch. I, I want a tight squeeze that almost hurts, you know? Like heavy warmth. I want to be three feet tall, wedged between my parents, or just held down to this earth because I feel like I'm spinning in space, you know? <sighs> this isn't the loneliest I've ever been. <laughs> no, I know that exact moment. It was a few years ago. I was asleep in my bedroom when <gasps> something jolted me awake. Immediately, I knew someone had broken into my house. At the time, I was living in a beautiful mansion. When me and my roommates moved in, we couldn't believe our luck. I mean, who would let these irresponsible 20-somethings live in a place like this? You know, high ceilings, massive windows. But at that moment, holding my breath, adrenaline pumping, I regretted living in an ostentatious house. There's just too many dangerous people in the world. And this house, it's so tempting. Then I heard another vague rumble on the floor below and my suspicions were confirmed. Definitely a break-in. Oh, so I started going through my options. I, 
I could get out of bed and hide in the closet. But then I'm a sitting duck, I'm backed into a corner. No, I need to get out of the house. But I'm on the second floor at the end of a hallway as far as possible from an exit. I, I could climb out a window, the window next to my bed, and then I'd be on the roof of the front porch. Then I could jump to my front yard and run to a neighbor's house to get help. But what if I got injured, you know? Or what, what if there was a getaway driver waiting in front of my house? So finally I decided that my best course of action was to put a barrier up between me and the intruder. I jumped out of bed, pushed the sofa in my room up against the door and started piling books, boxes, anything heavy I could find on top of the sofa so the door wouldn't budge. And now at this point, I could hear footsteps coming down the hall. They were definitely coming for me. So I grabbed my phone and started dialing 911. And right before I pressed the send button, I heard my roommate's bewildered voice say, Emma? And I immediately snapped back into myself, mortified. I had to explain to my roommate that I pushed all this shit up against my door at four in the morning because I was once again dealing with an acute attack of paranoia. It would be a few more years before I learned to call it PTSD. You see, about six years ago, someone very close to me, a family member, was murdered in her home by an intruder. And I've dealt with PTSD on and off ever since, mostly around the perceived inevitability of my violent death. So, yeah. The loneliest a person can feel is when they lie in bed, grieving in that liminal space between awake and asleep with a brain that likes to play tricks on you. Maybe loneliness is really just like a fear of death by a different name. Because death is the one thing that we absolutely have to do alone. Nobody gets to go there with us. So maybe loneliness hits hardest when we're in bed in those quiet moments before we fall asleep because sleep is nothing if not a nightly rehearsal of death. You know, a practice run of surrendering our consciousness and slipping away into the unknown. Recently, I came across this poem, you know, how sometimes you'll read something and it'll just grab exactly what you want to be pulled out of your brain. And now I keep it next to my bed for those moments when I feel alone. Here, I'll read it. Okay. Antidotes to Fear of Death by Rebecca Elson. Sometimes as an antidote to fear of death, I eat the stars. Those nights lying on my back, I suck them from the quenching dark 
till they are all, all inside me, pepper hot and sharp. Sometimes instead I stir myself into a universe still young, still warm as blood, no outer space, just space. The light of all the not yet stars drifting like a bright mist and all of us and everything already there, but unconstrained by form. And then sometimes it's enough to lie down here on earth beside our long ancestral bones, to walk across the cobble fields of our discarded skulls, each like a treasure, like a chrysalis, thinking, whatever left these husks flew off on bright wings. You know, I'm here with you. I hope you feel me with you. We'll probably never talk, but we are going through some sort of the same thing. So take comfort in the invisible threads that weave us together. I mean, just because we can't see or feel them doesn't mean they aren't there. I mean, you're there and I can't see or feel you, right? God, let's think how good that first hug is gonna feel after this. How long the simplest human touch is gonna sizzle with electricity. We wouldn't be able to appreciate the day without first going through a long, dark night. Man, God, do you hear that rain? God, it's really coming down. Here, you know what? I'm going to open a window. Hey, will you promise me something? After this, will you close your eyes and listen to your favorite song and, I don't know, let yourself daydream about putting your head on someone's shoulder? Will you lie here with me?